Welcome to this edition of the Desert Springs Church Podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of our body at Desert Springs Church. I'm Drew Hodge. I'm Chase Jacobs. And it's Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. I love Easter. I love this time of year. I love everything about it. I love dressing up. I love gathering with the church family and singing the rich songs that we get to sing about the resurrection. I love the food. Deviled eggs. Reese's eggs. Every egg. I love (laughs) all the eggs. I love all the Easter traditions around this time of year. Chase, did you guys have any Easter traditions growing up? Yeah, I always felt like uh, in the church that I grew up in um, that they pulled out all the stops for Easter. You know, as a tradition, we would actually practice what's called Lent. So Hardcore. Yeah, a period of fasting 40 days before Easter. One of the things that I think about with that is all of the songs that we would sing in that 40-day period uh, didn't have the word hallelujah in it. We wouldn't say hallelujah in our services. And then on Sunday morning, uh, that was when the brass band came out. That was when everybody was dressed in white. There ribbon girls. Yeah, uh, not not ribbon girls, oh. but uh, in spirit, yeah. <laughs> but it was. And every one of the songs, it seemed like we just just shout hallelujah, you know? And it was, uh, it really was one of the most joyful times of year. And then you go home and you eat jelly beans and you get your chocolate bunny. And I mean, it's awesome. All the essentials. Yeah, I love all this, the symbolism that is wrapped up in this time of year as we, as we consider it. Why do you think th- those symbols are so important? Why is it this time of year? Uh, basically, why do we do Easter? Yeah, well, as far as the, the symbols go, I really think that comes back to sort of the embodied reality that God has made us uh, people that live in these bodies that pick up perceptions and senses in different ways. We think um, not not just very literally, but in stories and in pictures. And so I think there is just a lot about uh, the way that God's wired us that we love to connect certain symbols to the worship of Him, kind of guided by what He's revealed to us in the scriptures. But I don't think it's a coincidence that Easter comes in the springtime when all of the plants are starting to come out, it seems like rebirth from the dead. Mm. And that's why I bust out my white pants for Easter. Uh, For most of the year, I dress in dark colors. I I have a dark palette. I was wondering where these clothes were the rest of the year. Yeah, they are tucked in a specific part of my closet, and I love to bring out the color for Easter. It's another another reminder of the celebration that it is, uh, the freedom that we have in Christ. But also, even in the white that we wear, it's another picture of our sins being washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. Easter is obviously a huge part of the Christian year. But Easter isn't altogether unique. We, st- we gather on a Sunday, we sing songs, we hear God's Word, we pray. How did we get from Easter Sunday to where we are now gathering each Sunday? Yeah, you know, in many ways, Easter is just the prototype for every Sunday after that. It's, it's called the Lord's Day. The reason that we gathered together on Sunday is that was the day that Jesus came back. And there's even uh, some significance in that being the first day of the week. This is still technically true, although in our culture, we kind of think of Monday as the first day of the week because that's when we go back to work Sundays, the weekend, we call it. But in the Jewish tradition, Sunday was the first day that you would go back to work. And so, there was some even symbolism in that on the Sunday being uh, uh, the start of something new. And so, the resurrection of Christ 
is the start of this new life, this the, the eschaton breaking into the life that we live now. And the Christians always uh, thought really significantly about that. I even remember uh, one of my professors saying that uh, Sunday is not a day of rest. It's it's when we've come to work, to start doing this work of uh, worshiping Christ in the rest that we have in Him. Oh, that's good. So, every Sunday is, in a sense, Resurrection Sunday for the believer. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 that if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and our faith or your faith is in vain. So, why does the resurrection matter so much for the Christian faith? Yeah, I mean, we could go on and on about that. And in fact, Ryan did, you know, he listed several uh, reasons that this matters. Even in that passage in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says that if Christ has not been raised, then we are still in our sins. Yeah. So, I think that might be one of the most important or, or fundamental is that uh, the death of Jesus was for our sins. And that's what we believe, that Jesus died on the cross is um, a substitute. So, he was in our place taking uh, the punishment, the penalty that we deserved. That was what Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 53, that he has borne our iniquities. Um, But if Jesus hasn't been raised, then there's not really a way of knowing if that payment was sufficient. Someone explained it to me like this, that uh, if you have so much money in your checking account and you write a check for more than that amount, then the check will bounce. That there's not enough money in the account for the check to clear. But if you've got enough money in there, then the check clears. Well, what the resurrection of Jesus means is that the check cleared, Hmm. that there was more life in Jesus than there was death in our sin, all of our sin, which is incredible, the the sins of the whole church put on Christ, Christ died, and there was still more life in him than death had death. And so, Jesus came back from the dead. So, we have certainty that, yes, the punishment has been paid in full. Andrew, that also means that death itself as a reality has been defeated on the cross. Yeah, that's good. That reminds me of Romans 6, 8 through 11 that says, Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Death no longer uh, has the final word for any believer. We all live in the death-defeating power of the resurrection Uh, through faith in Christ. So, that gives us reason to look beyond this life to life eternal and to not fear death. Yeah, and that's such a, man, such an important word right now, isn't it? That's right. Uh, That um, the, the reality of death itself is something that is going to be removed when Jesus comes back and makes everything new. That's what Revelation 21 says, that death will be no more. That's an amazing promise that God can make. How do we know that he can actually make that promise? Well, Jesus had power over death. Death could not hold him. God raised him from the dead. And so, we know that death as an enemy, as the greatest enemy, can't put up a fight on that day when God decides to to remove it completely. 
the firstborn from the dead. Yeah. The first fruits. Yeah. It's, uh, it's that promise. Yeah, and isn't that a beautiful, just talking about the symbolism of this season that we were talking about. I, I hope everyone has been getting time outside with being locked in our houses. We can go out and take walks and go on hikes, and you start to see that, don't you? You see the buds coming out on some of our trees. We see some flowers blooming. Not a lot, but some. And there's something about seeing, oh, this one flower in this otherwise brown field is is a kind of promise, isn't it? That that there will be more flowers, that that's what the first fruits mean. So, Jesus being the first fruit from the dead means there's going to be a lot more coming from the dead. And then who's that talking about? Us, that we will be raised from the dead. And we know that that's true because God, if, if God can raise one man from the dead, he can raise all of us from the dead. Amen. Even under the curse of allergies, we can <laughs> still rejoice in the beauty of flowers, like hearts unfold before the... Yeah, uh, joyful, like joyful. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and that the clouds of sin and sadness are melted away and are driven away. We receive that joyful hope once again. Yeah, Drew, another really powerful aspect of the resurrection that really comes through the virtue of our being united with Christ. So, His Spirit dwells in us, and we are over and over again in the New Testament referred to as being with Christ, being in Christ, so that what is true of Christ is also true of us in a very profound uh, sense. And one of the things, like in Romans chapter 6, that the Apostle Paul writes is that since we have died with Christ, we have been buried with Him, and we have also been raised with Christ. So, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, He says, we too might walk now, today, in newness of life, in a kind of resurrection life. Yeah, it also makes me think why the, the ordinance of baptism is so important and so beautiful as we testify that sharing in the death, burial, and resurrection yeah. of Christ, raised with Him in newness of life. They uh, don't stay under the water. That's right. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> we come out of the water and it's a representation, it's a symbol of what has taken place in our death to self and new life in Christ. Uh, we are new creations in Christ. So, what that means is, is that we no longer live to ourselves. We no longer are master of our own destiny, but we live in Him and through Him in the grace that He provides by His Spirit mm. that also comes upon us in repentance and faith. Yeah, and like Paul says in Romans 6, that also means that sin is not a master over us, that sin in a way has has died when Christ died. And so, that we can, uh, as he says, we can freely choose to present our bodies to Christ as instruments of righteousness. Right, that, slaves to righteousness, no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer bound and, and living in darkness, walking as those who walk in darkness, but we have, we see now. Yeah. We can see and we can walk as those yeah. who walk in the day. We're children of the light. Oh, what an incredible promise that because Jesus is raised from the dead, when we are tempted to sin, we can tell ourselves in truth, I don't have to do this. Christ is alive and at work in me. Sin no longer has power over me. There is a way for me to choose to walk in the resurrection life that Christ has given to me right now. Mm. Yeah, that makes me think of even the garden before Christ went to the cross, mm. the temptation that he was presented of of letting the cup pass that he overcame and said, not my will, yeah. but yours be done. Yeah. Even in the face of death, we can, because of the resurrection, we can choose obedience, we can choose righteousness. Amen. So, in the sermon on Sunday, Ryan mentioned Christ in his glorified body mm. appearing to the disciples, still had the scars, 
but was clearly in a glorified state. What does that mean? Mm. Could you help us help us understand what it means to have a glorified body? Jesus was not a phantom or a ghost or a zombie. That's right. That had come back from the dead. He wasn't some form of undead. Right. He was raised and glorified. Yeah, so first he was raised. So he wasn't a ghost. He was in his body, the same body that he that he died in. I think that's another reason that it's so important that the wounds are visible, um, that we know this is this is there's some continuity between the body that Jesus died in and the body that he was raised in. But then there was also a lot of discontinuity. Um, Jesus can walk through walls in in that body. Um, this body that Jesus has is the same body that he has at the right hand of the Father right now. So, it's an imperishable body. He's not growing older. He's not um, giving been given over to decay like the psalmist says. I think this is an issue that uh, a lot of Christians still don't quite have clear in our minds, even as we think about our own eternal state. Uh, I think we've been really informed by Looney Tunes, you know, so uh, the, the bunny dies and then his ghost goes up to heaven and plays you know, a harp with angel wings on a cloud, and that's heaven. That's all we can think of. There's a level of truth to that because in this age, the age before Jesus comes back and makes everything new, when we die, yes, our bodies do go into the ground. But even as we've been looking in First Thessalonians, that body's fallen asleep. It will be awakened mm. at that last trumpet. They will be raised from the dead and our soul and body will be united together again. And for those of us who have put our trust in Jesus, we are going to spend the eternal state in a glorified body. So, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul talks about this difference between the body that we have now and the body that we will have. Like I said, there's continuity. It's the same body, but Paul says that body is a natural body. We will It will be replaced with a spiritual body. That body is a perishable body. It grows old. It gets sick. It deteriorates, the body that we have will be an imperishable body. It will uh, not have any of those characteristics of change that mark this age. And what that looks like exactly, we don't know, but Paul says it's better as there's, mm. you know, one kind of glory that a certain kind of skin has that this this body will have much more glory. And that is the kind of body that Jesus was raised in. So, I was thinking about it like this. If uh, when Jesus appears to the disciples, if Thomas had had COVID-19 and Jesus was standing right there in front of them saying, touch me, mm. Jesus Jesus would not have gotten it because that everything that Revelation says is true, that there will be no sickness or death or weeping or crying. That was true of Jesus in that glorified body as, again, the, the first fruits, the foretaste of what it will look like for all of us. Wow. The new song that we sang on Sunday, Christ, Our Hope in Life and Death, verse 3 says, Unto the grave, what shall we sing? Christ, he lives. Christ, he lives. And what reward will heaven bring? Everlasting life with him. There we will rise to meet the Lord and sin and death will be destroyed. And then my favorite part, and we will feast in endless joy with Christ when Christ is ours forevermore. We will feast. We will eat like Jesus did uh, with Peter. Ghosts don't eat. That's but right. we will eat. Yeah. We will eat. We will that, feast. That's the vision that at the end of Revelation, there's a feast. There is real food that that's we will right. be eating and tasting with real tongues, the same tongues that we have, only better. And I don't know how it's going to be better, but it's going to be better. But we're going to eat. We're going to work, I think, because Adam and Eve were given jobs to do before the fall. I think that's part of what it means to be a human is we're going to work. We're going to work this same earth, but there's not going to be thorns and thistles. Mm. Um, it's it's going to be amazing, but it's going to be so much more physical and material than we're prone to think about it. And that's such good news. That's so exciting. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. 
because he lives, all fear is gone. Those aren't empty platitudes. No, they're not. Those are not, uh, those are not hollow promises that Christians hold on to, but they are firm, yeah. like the foundation that we have in Christ. Um, what, a, uh, what a blessed hope. What a blessed uh, foretaste of our hope to come. Amen. So, Chase, how should the resurrection influence our prayers? Yeah, I think we should approach that time of prayer, of reflection, with this in mind, that there is much more to life than the present circumstances that we're, that we're experiencing, that we should set our hope fully on what will be revealed to us when Christ Jesus comes again. And we should ask God for more belief, more faith in that, you know, like Ryan's uh, sermon, I believe, but help my unbelief, help help me God to make that more of a reality, more true in my mind as I approach these other circumstances. Help me to, to not have fear, drive out that fear of doubt by this hope that no matter what happens, even if I do uh, die of some terrible illness, or even if I do lose all of my money, or even if I do lose someone that I love dearly, it will all be made right. And that is our hope. And we're praying to a living Savior who ever lives to intercede for us as we pray. He is alive. Uh, sometimes you'll hear people say, if Christ were alive today, yeah. and He is. Right. He is alive. He is ruling and reigning at the Father's side and will come again to make all things new. Yeah, and, and one more good prayer is that Jesus would bring that resurrection life to people that are spiritually dead Amen. right now. That even as we see the flowers coming out on the trees, that this, this season in our world would lead to, uh, to new faith blooming in so many people that are brought to that point of saying they need something more certain, uh, a better hope than what they've been trying to comfort themselves with, and that they would find that hope in Jesus Christ. That's right. Against the darkness of coronavirus, that the light of the gospel would shine all the brighter. And as Samwise famously said, that everything sad will come untrue. So good. That's a great note to wrap this up. You've been listening to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. We want to wish you all a very happy Easter and know that we as a church and as a staff and as elders are praying for each of you. If you need anything, please reach out to us. You can find out more information about our church or how to get in touch with us at our website, dscabq.com. I'd also please encourage you to follow us on Facebook or Twitter for regular updates about what we've got going on in our ministry. And uh, Lord willing, we're going to have another one of these episodes for you next week. So until that time, on behalf of Drew Hodge, my name is Chase Jacobs. Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper. There will be more flowers. More flowers. Oh, what was I going to say? More flowers. Satan. Uh, where were we? All right, we're on now. That's a good outtake. A little more energy at the beginning there. Deviled eggs. My grandfather would say that there's nothing a good resurrection can't fix. Yeah. <laughs>